AAT Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. Welcome to another edition of the AAT Birds Weekly Report. I myself, Johnny Uleka, is joined by Chip at Chip for the Birds and Adam Pyre Stories. Going to talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles adding some veterans to their roster. Um, a couple of moves that we've mentioned, we've talked about this offseason in terms of the holes on the team to up, upgrade the team. Also going to talk a little bit about some camp standouts, uh, some news in camp, some different things happen in there. Plus also the Eagles this Saturday play preseason opener. Uh, Eagles football is right around the corner. Preseason football is not like regular season, but still it's Eagles football. Uh, what we kind of hope to see. And then, of course, we will do the questions as always. The uh, um the fun questions that uh, Chip loves. Uh, we'll do two with him and then I'll post one. But Chip, how's everything going? It's good. I had the opportunity to go to the Philadelphia Eagles open practice. <clears throat> I was doing some That's live. Right. We will talk about that as well. <clears throat> so I was doing some live tweeting. I got to see the team up close. Um, it's a different feel. I mean, I, I, you know, we do a show for the Philadelphia Eagles talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. And the fact of the matter is 50,000 people went to a practice. <laughs> There's no better team in football. 50,000 people decided to go to a, a practice. We're talking about practice. No, it's it, absolutely amazing. Seeing the, the, the crowd and everything, um, you know, in terms of what was going on was absolutely amazing. You know, cowboy fan getting kicked out and all that, you know, all that good stuff. But you know, it was, it, it was awesome to see that kind of crowd. Now, of course, I've been on the train of, I wish I could go to Lehigh and see the preseason or the preseason, the uh, training camp practices and everything. Um, I'm going to always stay on that bandwagon. Um, and, and and I agree with you on that. You know, I, I was actually talking to a fan about this. Um, yes, Jose, we are talking about practice. Talk about practice. I was actually talking to a fan about this at the open practice where, yeah, the cool thing about Lehigh and Johnny, you said this before is you got to build a connection to the players. They were right there. I mean, yeah. while the open practice is amazing and you can get 50,000 people there and that's, that's incredible. It loses some of the fan feel that Lehigh used to provide. It, I think a lot of it has to do with the, it's not, not the, the, the fan feel. I get that, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, for me, it's, that was my summer. I looked forward to summer, especially right after my birthday, because training camp was starting up and I, you know, Lehigh was coming up. I would schedule what practices I wanted to go to, uh, go to a couple. You go through the the tents there. You look at all the, the stuff they have, the gear they have for sale. Then you walk out and you're on the practice field. What practice field I want to go to, who's practicing where. And then you just, it, it was just, it was so close knit, being able so close to the, the practices, you know, I'm not a season ticket holder. I don't get to go to every single game, you know, the way ticket prices are and everything. It's, yeah. it's hard to be able to get, get to multiple games. Um, you know, unfortunately I'm not able to do that. So the being at Lehigh, being at the practices, you felt real close to the team to be able to, because I live 15 minutes away. So for me, it was even closer than having to drive all the way to Philly. Um, but again, I don't think that we are going to see it ever again, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I don't either. I think that the the days of 
of the Lehigh and like the the small like you know having the players sleep in dorms and the, I just I don't see that going back to that way. Um, just because there's football is such a high tech multi-billion dollar industry that there's no reason for it. Um, even though the nostalgic fans want it. Yeah, you're, you're right on that. Um, but again, like what did you see anything, you know, since you were there, eyes were there talking about, you know, camp, you know, what did you see that kind of opened your eyes? What did you see? That was like, meh, you know, and again, it's, it is practice, but you know, we try and take anything at this point when football season is so close. So I had a couple observations um, and I was paying attention. I went live a couple of times on Twitter just to kind of show the people who didn't want to come down um, what was going on. So a couple observations that I had. Number one, Jalen Hurts is loved by this fan base um, and he has earned it. You know, him coming out, the crowd, all 50,000 erupted chanting MVP. And again, He's earned it. You know, you saw the NFL release their top 100 players. He went from being unranked to number three. Um, it's exceptional. You know, Jalen Hurts is, he is well on his way to being that guy. And Philadelphia has a, a great future with him at the helm. Um, staying in the quarterback room for a second, Tanner McKee is one of the most flat footed, um, clumsy, atrocious quarterbacks I have ever seen on an NFL football field. They were doing this opening high step drill and he literally was tripping over objects that weren't moving. Um, so I think that one thing that you're going to see during the preseason is when he doesn't get a lot of reps because Ian book is clearly the number three and you're now allowed to dress three quarterbacks. Uh, Tanner McKee will be lucky if he makes a practice squad. He he may actually be cut uh, uh, based on. I'll tell you this right now. Ian book won't, will not be on the roster. Okay. It'll be Tanner McKee. That's, that's, that's just what I see. You know, they, they've had plenty of, you know, there's been plenty of big clumsy type of quarterbacks. It's a, he's a developmental type of guy like a, you know, Nick Foles was never as fleet of foot. You, yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on, sir. You will he not fleet of foot. You can't tell me he was. Hold on. You will not slander the, the Super Bowl MVP and winning Nick Foles in the same sentence as Tanner McKee. You will not do it. It will not be done on this show. It's not going to happen, sir. Yeah, I just did it. So yeah, well, um, we just lost 17 viewers. Way to go. Um, yeah, I mean, Tanner McKee is definitely, um, he is a work in progress. If there's anybody that I trust to progress quarterbacks and players in general, it is this coaching staff. Um, but oh boy, it is not a one year project. It is it's a, funny. this is a multiple year say, project. You know what you say about him, because looking at Lance Erline's uh, analysis, um, the one of the, the NFL.com uh, draft analysts, his analysis on it, of course, his strengths, Excellent size, uh, release yep. looks tighter, ball comes out easy, tight spiral, sure, uh, drive velocity, everything. But it's his weaknesses clunky feet in play action and rollout. <laughs> it's funny. I, you, you, you said that, but it was funny because it, you know, clunky feet, clunky. But, uh, it's a great way of saying he was clunky. Um, but again, if we get to the point where Tanner McKee has got to take meaningful snaps this season, the season is a loss. You know what I mean? That means we would have gone through Jalen Hurts. We would have gone through Marcus Mariota, and that's just not going to work for me. Another matchup that I saw and I have been watching, and you already know, is I have been watching the punter matchup because Aaron Slypus was just not good enough last season. He was yeah, towards the bottom in all statistical categories that matter to punters, which means they had to bring in somebody to compete. So they bring in Tyler Zetner, and at the open practice – Zentner did not get as many opportunities as Aaron Sipos. So it's clear that he's still in the lead there. And the only way that he is going to win the job is by outkicking him and making it a non-comparison because the tandem of Elliot and Sipos with um, kicking field goals is, is just too strong, and Elliot's going to get the last say there. So Zetner would have to blow him out of the park, and from what yeah. I saw, that's not going to happen. And that's what 
um, you know, worrisome a little to me is that uh, he's going to be kept around because of the holding uh, for Jake Elliott. And, right. you know, unfortunately, we'll see how, where that goes. But that is definitely something to watch come the preseason. Um, but Last I want to bring up – wait, 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 wait. I have one more observation for the open practice. Go ahead. Go with the next observation. My next observation from the open practice is they ran a bunch of drills, whether they were 7-on-7, 11-on-11, whatever they were. Um, This defense, if they remain healthy, if they remain um, with the ability to grow week to week to week, could go down as – one of the greatest defenses, single season defenses in NFL history. This front seven is scary. I'm talking like Chicago Bears scary. I'm talking Pittsburgh Steelers scary. I'm talking all of those, the Baltimore Ravens. This defense, I, I love Jalen Hurts. One of the things he's gotten a lot better at is not holding on to the ball too long. Um, he would have been sacked multiple times by this defense, and we have an all pro offensive line. Marcus Mariota held the ball entirely too long because there was nothing available for him to throw to, and he would have gotten sacked multiple times. This defense is going to wreak absolute havoc in the NFL this season. And again, how many sacks did they have last year? Look at the you know, it's NFL crazy. So they they were on point last year when you look at what they did, and it, I can't wait to see what Desai does. I'm really intrigued listening to him speak. You know. He knows he's been in this city. He knows what the city's about. He knows what good defense. Is. And for me, I, I'm really interested to see. Now you're not going to see much in the preseason. Nope. But going into the regular season, see how they deploy the defense. And you know, looking at some of the players on you know defense side of the ball, one player in particular that uh, Jimmy Kemsky reported is basically a lock to be a starter is Reed Blankenship. And uh-huh. what a story you know he has been. You know, being undrafted free agent out of Middle Tennessee State, playing later in the in the season last year, especially after uh, Garner Johnson gets hurt, he comes into that Green Bay game. He gets an interception off Aaron Rodgers. He plays really well downhill. He just seems to be getting better and better. And if that's the case and they're able to get quality play out of an undrafted free agent, it just makes it even better because – the and. And, you know, Kendall and I talked about it. They are very, very good when it comes to undrafted free agents. And you're when you look at an undrafted free agent, you're not looking at a guy that is going to be an all-pro or a pro bowler. It's not how you look at that. But if you get a guy that does what he is asked to do, does what he's supposed to do, can make a splash play here and there, and is a capable starter, that is an absolute win. And the Eagles have been able to do that multiple times, yep. whether it's been in – the Nick Sirianni era, whether it's been in Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, you know, even Chip Kelly. Um, you're Listen, they, as a team and an organization, are very, very good when it comes to finding undrafted free agents. Yes. And, you know, I'm, there's a couple guys. When you look at this year, Makai Garner, uh, the defensive back out of LSU, has shown a lot of promise. You have... Uh, Joseph Ngata. From, yeah, he was from- who I was going to mention. He's really apparently shown off like he, he might He's win a, a big job. Receiver. He's that that Zach Pascal type of replacement, a bigger body type of receiver, which they need. But- yeah, and that's the thing. You know, he, you, you mentioned that he's a little bit bigger. Um, you're talking 6'3", 217. I mean, that's a great size. And he comes from a program like Clemson that, you know, plays professional football at the college level. Um, that size, that height. One of the things that I have found that I love about the Sirianni era is he insists on players being able to play multiple positions. So one of this Eagles weaknesses is still at the tight end position. Who's to say he might not get some reps at the tight end position? Potentially. Um, again, the tight end position is another one that is, you know, you're really looking into seeing what you have there because there is a lot of unknown after Dallas Goddard. And yeah, Jack mm-hmm. Stoll, Jack Stoll's the number three guy. He's a blocking tight end, which yep. is totally fine because he's very good at that job. But uh, 
I, I don't know what you have in Tyree Jackson, Dan. Arnold. I don't know what you have in Dan Arnold. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of this team, when you look at the players and another guy that was an undrafted free agent that's been in the league, been in the Eagles organization for a couple of seasons on their practice squad and everything is Christian Ellis. Uh, the linebacker, he's gotten first team reps, you know, a bigger, a bigger linebacker, like say around six, three, six, two, six, three, 240, 245 pounds, you know, a bigger body. He came in last year late to play special teams and played really well on special teams. And I think he's, he's another guy to keep an eye on, but again, it's, you don't want to rely on too many undrafted free agents, but if you could sprinkle them in and they be right. able to play their role and which kind of, segues us to talking about the linebacker position. Great segue. Now, the Eagles added some veterans. Now, they did add a veteran oh. on the offensive line in Josh Andrews, yeah. which I think a lot of that has to do with the center position. Um, before we get to the two linebackers, I want to talk on this really quick. So they had Brett Toth has been playing a lot, some Jeez. backup center, and he's not been doing so well. Uh, you know, high snaps, everything. You, The thing is, if something were to happen to Jason Kelsey, the Eagles don't like to maneuver their line. They don't want to put Jurgens center, then have to get another right guard. They don't like to do that. And if Jurgens, which right now he's been playing really well at right guard in camp, he gets that spot. They need a backup center. Right now they have Cameron Tom, who is, you know, a end of the roster yeah. type of player. So they signed Josh Andrews, a veteran, 32 years old, 32 years old, played some center and, He's played with multiple teams. He's been in the league for 10 years. He's played 40, 48 games, I believe, six starts. So he's got some experience. So they signed him. I like the move because he needs some veterans. They did it with Dennis Kelly. Again, you want some veterans and the second team. So players who've been there before can play multiple positions with Andrews, Ken, can play guard, can play center. Um, I like that. Yeah. Now, I mean, I wanna... Well, and the thing is, you know, you mentioned that they don't like moving players around too much. Cam Jurgens is the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. So at some point he's, he's going to have to go there. Um, but with that being said, you know, I really don't necessarily care who the other guys are. I think that Jack Driscoll is falling on the death chart, at least according to ESPN, which is surprising to me because I think Jack Driscoll played well when he had to last year. Um, but you know, Lane Johnson is the best tackle in football. Jason Kelsey is the best center in football. Jordan Mailata is a top, I'll say top 10 because he's still young. Yeah, I would say top 10 is good. I would say top 10 because he's still young and you got to do it a little more consistently. Um, top 10 tackle in football. So the, the yeah. offensive line is is a so strong. What about so Dickerson? Dickerson's a, a top five guard. He is Dickerson is on his way up too. Again, yeah. th this line, the front five are, are, are an exceptional group of people. And the fact that they have players who are able to back up is great. Now I love the bringing Dennis Kelly back. He's had some success. I love the bringing Josh Andrews back. He's had some success. I personally don't care if Brett Toth ever sees a football field again. I just don't. Um, so I don't care personally if Suopeta ever sees a football field again. I just don't. So looking at the, the Eagles released an unofficial depth chart. Okay. Um, and you have Mylotta at left tackle, the backup Dennis Kelly. Again, he's a, a swing tackle veteran, which is fine. Landon Dickerson, of course, we know the starters. The backups, they have um, Brett Toth as the backup center right now, and then they have Andrews and Tom. Again, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, they have, of course, uh, Josh Sills, who was reinstated after he was, um, you know, found in a cleared, cleared, of, cleared of everything yep. that happened there. Uh, a player that they like has size can play guard. Oh yeah. Uh, so Tyler Steen, of course the rookie there's, there's things to look at with this offensive line, those backup positions, there's a lot of roster maneuvering uh, for them to fight. My one thing I thought was, was interesting was yes. Kenny Gainwell is the first running back that is labeled. You know, they have basically, they're all, first team running backs, it seems the way they have it marked. Um, but it's Gainwell, Penny, Boston, Scott, Trey Sermon, and then Deandre Swift, which was interesting. And I do um, find that interesting because, so I'm on ESPN's depth chart, which obviously isn't the same. Um, and Deandre Swift is listed as the number one back. Yeah. So it goes, it goes Swift, Penny, Gainwell, Boston, Scott, and then they forget that they even have Trey Sermon. 
again, that's going to be another position that's going to be fun to watch. And again, brings me to the opening point here is the linebacker position. Now, Nicobe Dean's been dealing with a slight ankle injury. So again, we've talked about the depth on this team. Uh, We've mentioned it multiple times when you look at the linebacker position. And we asked, you know, I think a veteran is needed. We went over it. I think the last show you and I were on two weeks ago. Yes, sir. Options. Um, and wait, and who did I say I wanted more than anybody else? You said Miles Jack. I don't, I damn sure did. And here's the thing. So look, Zach Cunningham, I, I know you're very high on him. I don't know personally enough about him. Um, so I'm going to let you, you stay there. Miles Jack is an absolute demon when it comes to chasing down the ball, um, which is what you need out of the linebacker. We've had linebackers over the last couple of years who, who, who fly around the field and get towards the team lead and tackles. Um, Miles Jack can be that player while making sure guys like Nicobe Dean get to do their job the right way. Um, it also provides, you know, I don't know much about Nicholas Morrow. I think that Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow are going to battle out for snaps. I think Christian Ellis is a good linebacker, but he's just too damn young. And you can see by, you know, Zach Cunningham getting signed onto this team and him falling on the depth chart. I think Sean Bradley is going to be a cut this season. I think that this team now has a linebacker room that is to be feared. Adding a player like Miles Jack, who is young. He is young, and he's on a one-year deal. So I always talk about these one-year prove-it deals. This is the perfect one. Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham are looking to get paid, and if they get an opportunity on the field, and I don't think they're going to get much of an opportunity, at least early in the preseason. I think as the preseason goes on, they'll get some snaps. Um, but they're going to wreak havoc. So, Miles my, Jack, the only thing is, I don't like his number. 47 gives me some nightmares. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Um, he turns 28 in September. So, yeah. Uh, he's not like it's like a 30, 31 year old linebacker signing. He's 28. Uh, Jack- he's looking for his next big payday because he's going to get one. Again, that's hopefully he does. Hopefully he plays well. Like Kaiser White was able that's, to get a decent deal, be able to sign with the Cardinals and get uh, pretty good money, which is he bet on himself yeah. and you know he was good. And uh, Zach Cunningham will be 29 in December. So again, he's a veteran linebacker, has played with the Texans and the Titans, and you know six foot three, 230 pounds. He is exceptional against the run. Um, He's not the best against the pass. Again, Eagles have had linebackers like that. TJ Edwards was not stellar against the pass, but he was very good against the run. So again, this is about doing your job, doing what you do best. And you have guys like Christian Ellis and Nicholas Moore. Now, again, one of these linebackers could possibly be cut as well, uh, whether it's Morrow, possibly Cunningham or Jack, depending on how they play and everything. But adding this depth and again, it says something that they added two linebackers. It wasn't like they just added one guy. They added two. And I know Sirianni talked about it, and he he kind of pushed it off and said, we like our room, we like this guy, this guy, this guy's a little nicked up, everything. The kind of, you know, making not, – not so much make an excuse, but he didn't want to say, yes, we need players because it's, you know, throwing some shade at the guys that are in the room. Um, especially in the media. You don't want to do that. You can do that behind closed doors. That's totally fine. Uh, but for them to add two veterans really shows. It's kind of like last year after or before the Colts game when they added Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph, knowing yep. that they had an issue at that interior position with depth that they needed to get deeper, needed to have more guys. To me, that's what this really points towards is yeah. they know they need depth at that position. And – they added these two veterans. And again, you're talking about a position that we value very, very highly because we're dealing with, you know, the Jeremiah Trotter position. We're dealing with a position that we have grown to love. That's the same thing why we have a love for the safety and the DNs. Like we have we have expectations for the linebacker position. And, and what Chip, ended- Chip, I will tell you this though, after this season into next year draft time and all that stuff, end of the year into January, February, you will be hearing a name that will be a linebacker that a lot of Eagles fans are going to want 
on this team. And that name will be? Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Oh, I already know. I, I follow him on Instagram. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, I just want to throw that out. Yeah, there. I'm so I'm so excited. But again, you can build a roster, right? And you, the Eagles definitely improve. I, I always judge an offseason by did they get better from the first day of the offseason to the end of the preseason. This Eagles team clearly got better. But when they got in the room and they started sitting in the meetings and they, they looked around at what they had, they realized that the losses that they had in the linebacker position were not made up by what they added on. So, yes, Nicholas Moore might be very good, but Kaiser White was better. Yes, Nicobe Dean is good, but they had better players that were health. And Nicobe Dean being hurt is scary because you want Nicobe Dean to be a leader on this defense, and yet he's nicked up already. So, yes, right now they do have a whole bunch of guys listed at the linebacker position. It's a long preseason. There's going to be opportunities for these guys. And we know, and it's the same thing with the offensive line position, we know that Howie does a great job right around week two, three of the preseason of starting to trade players for picks that have put on good film. And I would expect to see that out of at least one lineman and out of at least one linebacker. No, they definitely can do something that with that because Howie's very good at being able to maneuver, knowing a guy's not going to make the roster, knowing you're not going to be able to move him and able to get him on the practice squad because either he'll get claimed or whatever it may be, he's able to swap, get a late round draft pick, something uh, and an asset back. And also, he's also very good at knowing that a player is on the last year of a deal. Uh, team isn't going to resign him going out, swooping up and getting, just getting something, just getting something. And don't be surprised if he does that, because that is definitely something again, hoping, hoping, making up, making, making up words here. Um, hoping that there is no injuries, but again, you never know. And we've always mentioned it too. And again, that is a thing. When you look at the two linebackers that were signed, you don't want to wait because there's a lot of veterans that are signing right now because one, it's in the training camp. You know, some veterans do like to wait because when injuries happen or bad play or whatever it may be, their phone gets called and then they kind of have a little bit of the leverage. Uh, when you see some teams like Kareem Hunt doing multiple visits yeah, and you have all these other players doing some visits and giving options that, you know, for them, they're they're in the driver's seat now. And, so. and again, you you don't know what you have until you get in there and start working. And I think the perfect example to bring back an old eagle is what happened over in Minnesota, right? The Minnesota Vikings had you – know, they have Justin Jefferson, yes. And they have K.J. Osborne, yes. But they still had Jalen Rager. And there is a video going around of Jalen Rager not only not doing – you know, football things, but he ran a drill completely wrong, completely wrong. So what did they do? They went out and they signed to kill Harry. So there's going to be a competition. This Eagles team thrives on competition. You know what? I want a job. I'm going to be better. And that comes right from the top with Nick Sirianni and all these draft rooms. That's kind of what other teams are starting to do. You know what I mean? So I honestly, I see Kareem Hunt, going to the Saints. They're going to throw a lot of money at him because they're going to be without Alvin Kamara for a while. But at the same time, the Colts are going to throw a ton of money at him because who knows what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – that's an interesting thing to um, think about. And, you know, when it comes to that, you know, but for me, like, I I don't know. When that, that whole situation and, – and I'm glad the Eagles don't have – you know, those type of situations right now uh, with a player holding out, a player wanting a huge deal. You know, look at uh, NFC East rival Dallas Cowboys and Zach Martin. They're all pro, mm-hmm. one of the best offensive guards in all of football. Wants hey, money. Tony Pollard, who's now going to be their lead back, why would he want to go back from his injury until he's got his guy back? And they got rid of Ezekiel Elliott, who's still looking for a job. What's going on there? So it's, that's, again, that's also something to keep an eye on because they have a, a lot of players, big-time players that are going to get huge deals. You're not going to be able to keep everybody. So 
for me, it's we'll see what happens there. Uh, they have some, you know, they have stuff brewing over there. But again, it's good because when we started this in 2020 and then into 2021, there was so much of that that we had to talk about every single week. It was something, a news report coming out, something when like I that. joined the show. It was the Eagles could not stay out yeah. of a weekly report. Um, now it's business as usual. And I actually, th- again, you mentioned the Cowboys. It was a great segue for my point, which is Dak Prescott got in the news this week because he likes when this, his teammates talk crap to him and he lets it happen because it shows that he's one of the guys. That's a way to do it. Or you could be the unquestioned leader of the team in Jalen Hurts. You could be a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who has gone into a situation and his goal is to make everybody around him better. I don't need my players second guessing me in the huddle. If I'm the face of the franchise quarterback, it's, you know, for, you know, hurts the, the leadership lead by example, but it's amazing. Something I will say something. It's, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And And everyone is going to listen. This team has a bunch of guys on on the the team on the roster um, that you can count on and not be worried about because we after 2020, you know, you knew going into 2021. So Wentz is gone, and then that year Zach Ertz leaves. Dude is still looking for a job. By the way, let me just Carson Wentz is still looking for a job. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. And that. what will happen is someone will get hurt and he'll get signed as a back. hundred percent, but not as a starter. And peanut said a great here. Dak is an absolute cornball. No question. Peanut. I agree. I, I don't understand. You know, he's, he's given himself a lot of bulletin board material early on in this preseason where I'm not throwing more than 10 interceptions. And he's thrown seven of them to Trayvon Diggs already in the, like, I, I just, I like the way that Jalen hurts does things, which is, I'm not going to say much. I know the company line. I know my personal leadership line and I'm sticking to that. And I'm going to let my play on the field dictate everything. I'm going to talk about my play on the field. My play on the field will talk for itself. Yeah. And that's, again, I, I like that too. And it's just it's absolutely crazy. And again, the Eagles did some, make some roster moves as well. Keep in mind who they got rid of because it may lead to our question a little bit in a little bit. So just keep that in the back of your head when it comes to that. So, um, But no, the Eagles have a preseason game coming up Saturday. Uh, We'll touch on uh, this before we get to name that Philadelphia Eagle and wrap this show up. But the Baltimore Ravens have a 23-game preseason win streak. I've been seeing it all over uh, social media the last day or two uh, since – They've won 23 straight preseason games. And my question is, what are we going to see in terms of the Eagles? What do you think? Or And, and do you want to see the starters play at all in week one, knowing that they have the the joint practices with the uh, the Browns coming up? Uh, you know, And then they have the, a joint practice with the Colts as well, I believe. But what do you want to see come Saturday night? So – Yes, the the Baltimore Ravens have this epically long win, win streak that nobody cares about. And um well, some people care about. It. No they don't. I don't know. Winning in the preseason is like the Lakers being the bubble NBA champions. Not real. Okay? Not real. <laughs> um I I think that the Eagles have very high expectations. And I think that they need to make it through the preseason healthy, um, which is obvious. That's, that's an always, I think what we've learned is these joint practices teach us a lot more than the preseason games. The preseason games are an opportunity for players to get game action on film. And I like that. It gives the young guys a chance to play. It gets that speed of the defense, the speed of the offense, the speed of the game into question. You know, you've got the Titans right now. Even their head coach is sitting out the first game. You know, Mike Vrabel is not head coaching. He's giving one of his assistants an opportunity to lead the game. Which is great. 
I, first off, that's amazing, and I love that, and I think that that should be the new norm. Give these young assistants an opportunity to test their coaching chops. Um, but I don't want to see much. I don't want to see much. I want to see efficiency in running an offense, efficiency in running a defense. I don't want to see a bunch of penalties. And if they happen to win, that's great. But I look at, you know, we're going to see Tyler Huntley versus Marcus Mariota. That's what we're going to see. We're going to get an opportunity to see Josh Johnson again because he's the third-string quarterback. We're going to get to see Nelson Aguilar, who is on the Ravens. We're going to see Odell Beckham, who's on the Ravens, but I don't think he's going to start. He's still coming off of injuries. Um, and it doesn't make sense to play Odell with Tyler Huntley because it's not Lamar Jackson. I don't think you're going to see Gus Edwards. I think you're going to see a healthy dose of Justice Hill and Melvin Gordon. You're not going to see much. These Some of these guys aren't even going to suit up. Yeah, I think – I don't know. To me, I think the Eagles may do what they did last year where the first game they played a series and then pulled them. But, again, they're on the road, so maybe they save that for the first preseason game at home where they play um, the starters. But, but, but hold on, because last season, while Jalen Hurts was the QB1 the entire way, we, we knew that. He still had a lot to prove going into the season. What does Jalen Hurts have to prove by seeing game action this week? You don't have to prove anything. How about Jason Kelsey? I don't think Jason Kelsey is going to play. You know, put Dallas Goddard out there for a couple snaps. Help Marcus Mariota get centered. I'm fine with that. You've got enough running backs. Play all the running backs. I don't care about that. What I'm saying is I just don't like – Certain key people need to not be suiting up, not even suiting up. You, but again, you have to look at it this way too. They could get hurt in the the scrimmages that they do, the joint practices. That I, I understand that. So, you know, unfortunately, injuries can come anyway. Whether it's in a non-contact in practice, you know, an injury in the in a preseason game, an injury in a joint practice. You know, but but here's what I'm saying, like. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they don't need to suit up. Quez Watkins must suit up. Yeah, I just still think that you're going to see maybe a series. And then that's basically it. Um, That's what they've done the last two years, actually. Um, But, you know, last preseason game, you're not going to see anybody. It'll be all second, maybe second string for a quarter, and then it'll be all third and fourth strings. Because now they, they have gotten rid of the you know they, they cut down to 75 and then cut down to 53 no it's from 90 to 53 so that last preseason game is literally going to be the third and fourth stringers trying to make either practice squad spots a spot for, and on another team or maybe the last two to three spots on the roster so you know i'm i love preseason games I, you know, I'm one of those, those sickos who love to watch every minute of a preseason game. Even if it's terrible football at the end, it's almost like watching a USFL or an XFL game, uh, which some of the, a lot of those players will wind up ending up playing for them and hopefully getting another chance to be able to play more again. You know, I, I, I like the concepts of those leagues because it gives people and players it's, opportunities. It's a minor league system to get you on tape, which is fine. And a lot of so some teams need that. Because if you come from a small school and you can't break into playing on a preseason game too much, you can go and play eight, seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. ten games in another league and show what you can do. I'm all for that. Uh, but I listen. I, I like Eagle football. I like preseason football. Yeah, just, I'm I'm ready for football because the Super Bowl left such a bad taste in my mouth that I have been craving it for all of these days. And in order to get back to a Super Bowl. It it's it has started like you, you from day one you had to be ready to go and if Jalen Hurts could have set up a cot and slept in the link, um, I think he would have. Uh, you may be right. Now, before we get to name that Philadelphia Eagle, we do need to do one thing that we have missed for mm. a very long time, mm. and that is it's time for the new Lecolocks of the week. Who's your luck? So the Uleka Locks is back. And again, if you don't know what the Uleka Locks are, 
we make a prediction. We lock it in for whatever game it may be. We're going to go with the Eagles preseason game uh, since that is on Saturday. And then we'll come back and see if we were right or if we were wrong, um, which if you've seen it before, you know what the story usually is. But I'm going to start with you, Chip. What is your Uleka lock? Of Mine's easy. The week. It is a lock that this stupid preseason streak is ended on Saturday night. Locked. So, of course, you took mine. So, I'm going to change it up a little bit. And I'm going to say Tanner McKee will throw a touchdown pass. And I had to do it because you had to bring him up. So, And then um, he will trip over his clunky feet on the way to the end zone trying to celebrate but he will still throw a touchdown. Pass. <laughs> that is mine. Tanner McKee touchdown pass. Yours is the Eagles win and break the Baltimore Ravens preseason win streak. I'm Johnny. I'm telling you next week. I cannot wait to discuss Tanner McKee's footwork with you. It is so bad. It is so bad. We will see. I um, want, I want a, a U 22. We don't do an all 22 here. I want a U 22 where you have a film session and just yellow penning his clumsy clunky clown shoes. Well, he is six foot six, so he is very big. So, um, but again, now this brings us to a very fun little segment that we've been doing, and it is name that Philadelphia Eagle, and it is name that Philadelphia Eagle, and again, this is where. I give, there's three questions, two of them, Chip will answer the third one. I will post out. And if we get any answers, um, we'll get that all set, but going to be something I gave you a little hint. So, um, make sure you remember that. So the first question is going to be an easy one. Okay. Of course. And I'm going to put the suspenseful music up. So the first name that Philadelphia Eagle is the 2020 NFL draft. Mm -hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles selected, of course, Jalen Hurts is the, of course, number one guy when you look at the draft pick in that year. The Eagles made 11 selections that year. How many of the 10 other selections can you name? Okay. You can't put it up on the screen either. No. What? I'm just oh. saying. I know. I'm just saying. All right. So 2020. The pandemic year. So, you know, you got to think a little yeah, bit. They were at home. So I had to remember the, the. Oh, so that was the Justin Jefferson year. It was the Justin Jefferson. So that means Rager is one of them. Obviously not on the team anymore. Not on the team anymore. Rager is one of them. This was one of my first articles for uh, AAT Birds. I ranked this draft class. Okay, hold on. Um, Prince Tago something or other, who I really liked, who never played for the team. Um, But he did get a Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs last year. There you go. So he's not. Prince Tago will no go. Okay, that was going to be the dark horse there, but I remember liking him a lot, and he never played for the team. Um, uh, I'm trying to go backwards here. Our last pick was from Stanford. Yes. He was a defensive end. Yes. He didn't play for us. He went to the Commanders. That's correct. And that's... Okay, uh... Casey Tuhill. Yes, Casey Tuhill. So now you get the last two selections correct. Okay. Also not on the team. Also not on the team. Okay. That that was the speed year. So we got Rager and then we got the track star in Quez Watkins, who is obviously still on the team. Quez Watkins. We also got John Hightower, who is uh, not on the team. John Hightower is on the Los Angeles Chargers. That's right. Okay. Okay. Where am I at right now? So you have four. No, five, because you got Rager. So you got five right now. Okay. That's pretty good, actually. 
Oh, actually, there's ten. Sorry, I, I said there was eleven. There's ten. Okay. Um, Kayvon Wallace was that draft class, right? Yes, it was. He's on the team. Um. Was Driscoll that draft that draft class? Uh, it was Driscoll. He was a teammate of Prince Tega Wanogo. That's right. We got the two Auburn kids. Yep. All right. So I'm, I have what? Three left. You have. You have two left. Ooh. Okay. Um. That Both was the same position. What is that position? I'm not telling you the position. Okay. It makes it too easy. But I gave you a hint earlier, and that'll tie into the last two. Because you mentioned the one guy already, but you didn't mention the other guy. I gave you a tidbit on. Oh, the the cut thing, right? Yes. The linebacker, which would be recent linebackers, would be Sean Bradley out of Temple. No, Davion. He's at Temple, right? Yes. There's one more left. I said they were going to cut Sean Bradley, which means he's not cut yet, but Davion Taylor was. Bingo. There is all... Did I get all 10? You got all 10. See? Ooh, I didn't like that one. And that was the easy one. No. Whew. So now you we go to the it's, it's It's the fact that it all blends together sometimes. Yes. But you saying the COVID year really helped. Now we go to the medium question. And it's staying in that same year. The Eagles made two trades. One before the draft. And they made one during the draft. What two players did they acquire? draft night it was basically like a draft pick which was Marquise Goodwin that is correct who never played because he took the COVID year off and there was one more they did before the draft what position did we acquire defensive back Was it Slay? It was Darius Slay. Trade a third and a fifth round selection for Darius Slay. So the only reason, again, you picked the year that I had to write about. I wrote an article about ranking the draft and grading the draft class. So that was a good year for me. Mm-hmm. So now it brings us to the hard question. Yeah. I, I ain't saying nothing. My brain melted. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, the name that Philadelphia Eagle, hard question, addition. The Philadelphia Eagles in 2020, they, they had an undrafted free agent who would go on to play in 2020. Um, unfortunately... Uh, did not fare too well in his appearance uh, towards the end of the season where he was highlighted and it was um, a pretty sad stat line uh, when you looked at it. And of course, there's been screenshots of it and everything. Um, this gentleman uh, played a different position in college, transitioned over to the defensive side of the ball and, you know, played for the Philadelphia Eagles as the developmental player that a lot of you know fans thought was going to be you know a quality player quality starter and that just did not happen uh-uh. but that is your hard question for name that Philadelphia Eagle you can't say a chip until I'm we get off fighting my tongue but yeah it wasn't as it wasn't as hard this week I tried to I don't want to throw too much too too difficult i want to stay somewhat the recent stuff isn't as hard as if i were to go back um i have another one either i'm going to do next week or the week after from the 
mid nineties and then late nineties. So, um, I'll, I'll do that one, but, uh, but there's name that Philadelphia Eagle. Um, but, but that, you know, for 50 minutes in, uh, we're about done with the show of, of course, make sure you check us out. Um, all the socials, uh, AT birds on Twitter, AT birds on Instagram, uh, at, AT Sports Network on YouTube. Make sure you're following us. Make sure you're subscribing. If there's any type of uh, content or anything you'd like to see, definitely send us a message. Hit us up. Um, definitely take a uh, take a peek at the uh, Philly sports trips, the Jets, and the Washington trip. Uh, we have a bus trip going out there to both of them. Um, so we're leaving from the Allentown area in the Lehigh Valley. So if you do live in the Lehigh Valley area or, you know, Berks County, you know, you don't live close enough to Lehigh Valley. You don't want to drive to Philly to have to go to say New York or Washington. Um, you can do use that. So make sure when you log on and you go on, make sure you click the Lehigh Valley um, tab on there. So you make sure that you are secured for the Lehigh Valley spot. But uh, definitely uh, check that out. They do awesome job with everything that they're doing. Uh, we have a couple things planned that we uh, are working on come fu- come the future. So definitely keep an eye on that. So if you want that news, make sure you hit the, of course, follow us and hit the notifications tab. Just so when either we have something go live or if we have a notification or news or anything like that, you get the update right away. Um, but uh, with that, We always end the show with two awesome and fun words. Go birds. Go birds. birds. Can't wait. This is Matt Ware. Hey, for all the Eagle content you need, go follow All About the Birds. They do a damn thing. Check them out. Hey, Eagles fans. I may be in Tampa, but I know where to find the best Eagles content out there. Check out my friends at All About the Birds. Philadelphia, what's up? This is your boy, Freddie Mitchell, a.k.a. Fred X. It's all about the bird. All birds, all the time. All birds, all the time. All About the Birds provides you with weekly analysis, game recaps, informative interviews, and it's all birds, all the time.